Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Hey, welcome to episode eight of season two of Who's Bekistan? Ah, uh, still lots of rain here. Uh, more rain in October and November than there was my whole last year here. Luckily, we got a break from it today, and the sun did shine a little bit. So, uh, it looks like maybe only one day of rain coming in the next week. So, uh, definitely temperatures are dropping. Autumn is here, but I would sure like some more regular sunshine. Okay, what am I excited about? What am I puzzled by? And how long do I plan to stay? So, what I'm excited about this week is my job at the university. And so, my class meets, my classes meet twice a week. And I teach three sections. So, I teach six classes a week. Uh, it's unusual that that's considered a full-time schedule, but it's because my school is so small and my salary reflects that I'm really only teaching part-time, though. So, um, yeah, before we, before you start thinking that that's that fabulous, yeah, my, my pay reflects how little I actually teach. Um, but with the class meeting twice a week, it really it is reminiscent of when I taught at the university in China, there my classes met once a week, or some of my classes met every other week. Um, but yeah, mostly a once a week model, and this a twice a week model. And, you know, with that time in between, this semester I teach on Wednesday and Thursday, you know, from Thursday to Wednesday, you know, it gives me a chance to actually think through what we need to do next. Now, it is a little bit tight on Wednesday afternoon to make sure I got everything buttoned up for Thursday because I don't know. It's hard to know in advance how much we're going to get done on Wednesday and how that affects Thursday. But the point being that, you know, having this time of several days in between classes it really gives me a chance to analyze where we are and what we need to do next. And it lets us just go at a more pleasing pace. And it allows me to do a better job teaching than being in the Monday to Friday 8 to 4 grind. Where it's just one class after the next, one class after the next. What are we going to do? What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do? What are we going to do tomorrow? What if that doesn't take the whole time? And just those battles when you work in K-12 education of the daily strain of school. So being on this decreased schedule really allows me to be a better teacher. And that makes me just feel like I'm doing a much better job. And my wish is that I, I wish this could be simulated somehow, you know, in a K-12 setting. I've taught a bunch of my career on an 8-day, B-day schedule. And even that is preferable. You know, every other day, 
where you just don't have that relentless Groundhog's Day feeling where every day is the same and that pressure to fill that time every day. Um, yeah, I mean, even that's an improvement. And, you know, like I said, this university schedule being, being fabulous. And, you know, at this point, my class only has 10 sessions left. Plus, there's two sessions at the end that may be optional or we'll do games or something. But until their paper is due, we have 10 more classes. And so, if we were trying to replicate that on a K-12 schedule about writing a paper, the pace is too intense. So, you, you can't go in a day-to-day -day setting being like, yeah, you've picked your topic. Yeah, here are your sources. Yeah, make your draft. Da-da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. But with that time from Thursday to Wednesday, we can keep that moving. And I'm, I'm trying to capitalize on that time that we'll be able to, you know, get their papers written in a, a suitable timeline so that they're not having to do it at the last minute. So that makes me feel very satisfied with my job. On to what I am puzzled by in a difficult situation over the past week. I have heard this phrase from two people who I really did not want to hear it from. And the phrase was, you need to adapt to our ways. And, you know, that just cut like a knife. And I'm, I'm puzzled why this is the expectation. And, you know, having worked with immigrant groups in the United States, boy, I'm, I'm really rethinking that. And I'm like, did I ever say anything like that? I don't think I did. I certainly hope I didn't. And I certainly plan to never say it to immigrants in the U.S. Um, what I recall from teaching at home in the U.S. is I did teach the newcomers. And, you know, us having to work with them about fitting in at school, you know, what were kind of the social norms of school that you need to come on time, you know, you need to come every day unless you're sick, you know, don't miss school when you're raining or you had a baby shower in your family the weekend before, um, you know, not walking around the room while I'm talking, putting trash in the trash can, that, yeah, I worked with students about how to fit in in an American classroom. Because that's what we want them to, yeah, to, to fit in and to be able to go along with what's happening so that they don't fit in in an adverse way or draw unnecessary attention to themselves. That is a whole lot more nuanced than adapt to our ways. And we are talking about the norms of school, not in their, you know, not in their personal behavior, not in their homes, you know, that they are who they are, and I am who I am. And while I certain make, certainly make every effort to not do anything here that's overtly rude, at the end of the day, I am American, and I do act American. So I can be sensitive to other cultures and respect other cultures and make some behavioral changes to fit in a culture 
such as how you order in a restaurant or don't slam the go the door to the taxi. Um, you know, a, f a fluid nature of time here. Events happen in the last minute, short notice. Yeah, like I can accept that that's how things work and I can change my behavior accordingly, but I cannot change who I am. And I'm... I can't be a completely different person. And I just kind of feel like dealing with m combining different cultures requires compassion and understanding on both sides. That if I'm working with people who have recently immigrated to the U.S., yes, they are who they are. They're not going to change. I just want to help them be successful at school. And that's not at the exclusion of their culture. And the same thing here. I don't want to be rude. I want to function in the culture I'm in. But but people do need to have some awareness that, you know, my personality is going to be a little bit different. I am going to go about some things in some different ways. And that's that's not me being disrespectful to the place I'm living. That's me just being in reality and and being authentic and genuine, and I don't want to put a big show on for someone. So, um, yeah, so that happened this week, and it, it hurt my feelings. Because, um, you know, I, I, I like the people here, and I, I do my best to function here in an appropriate manner. Okay, so, yes, I'm puzzled about, you know, helping people understand splitting the difference when dealing with people from, from different cultures. Uh, okay, so keep on rocking in the free world. Yes, and I'm going to keep rocking along here in year two, and we'll see what happens next. So, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of other good things on the horizon and many things to be optimistic about. So, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you for tuning in to this update. If you're out walking your dog in Central North Carolina, I appreciate you listening. If you're in Turkey, I appreciate you listening. If you're in Germany, I appreciate you listening. If you're in Bremerton, Washington, I appreciate you listening. And anywhere else in the world, anybody who wants to learn more about the lovely country of Uzbekistan. Okay, over and out.